right, welcome everyone to episode number nine of the SMB podcast, uh, where we discuss all things related to security, maturity, and best practices for your small medium business. Or as we like to say, it's the SMB for your SMB. I'm your co-host, Mark Gibson, alongside my friend and business partner, Mike Almeida. Mike, how are things on your side of the world today? Exciting. This is the only thing that separates me for a weekend long of camping. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> a little disconnect from the rest of the world, huh? There you go, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, today we're going to jump into uh, probably a very um, uh, important and also underrated topic, uh, and that's going to be uh, culture and uh, with your business and, and how that ties in with both uh, building a successful business, but also being able to secure that business. And, uh, you know, for uh, some help in that conversation, Mike and I have brought along uh, Chuck Cooper with Whitewater Consulting, a good friend of ours who specializes in this area. Chuck, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mark. It's great to be with you and Mike this morning. Great, great. Uh, Chuck, you know, before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about you and your organization and, um, you know, uh, your uh, uh, experience in this particular area. I appreciate that. So just to give a little bit of background, uh, Whitewater Consulting is a business consulting practice that specializes in HR for small and mid-sized companies. And for us, small to mid-sized really is working with organizations from, say, about 10 employees up to about 500 employees. And so we get involved in a lot of discussions today uh, as we look at the small to mid-sized business community. You know, we're all trying to figure out what's our workforce going to look like, how do we, what model are we going to be using going forward. So there's just a lot of great, you know, issues and very fascinating issues that we're helping clients work through today. So it's been one that, uh, due to COVID, um, a lot of our clients we actually work with today are actually. Uh, yeah, all of them are in the U.S., but we're scattered pretty much from coast to coast. So it's been a great, uh, great opportunity, and we really just looked as as a way to be able to serve and to be a resource for our clients. Yeah, and I think that's um, why you know we wanted to bring you on because what you just hit on uh, in terms of just not necessarily how your client base has changed, but that's pretty uh, symbolic of how things are changing in general uh, due to the pandemic, right? And um, you know, you and I've had some discussions uh, offline about the impact of uh, sort of these shifts in building teams and how you know retain those teams, but also what that looks like in you know from an information security perspective, because there's been a lot of changes uh, around how people interact. And so, uh, you know, as we you know set the stage here today to talk about pandemic great it's, you know, it's it's been a foundational shift for everyone and even where COVID hasn't been in the impact it's been an outlook and that's what's lingering right is pandemic has shown us a little bit more about what's possible in terms of the workplace and and those shifts and so um maybe can you talk a little bit about what you've seen there and then i'd also like to touch on you know how do we start to incorporate that into uh, the culture and the fabric of the business yeah, I think it's really been interesting as we look at um, as we look at the impact over from 2020, you know, from not just only COVID, but just 
um, from the fact that so I mean we've, we're all working from home or working from remote locations for so long uh, so we figured out ways to be able to keep our businesses running you know during that time actually the employees a lot of them found working from home or working remote was actually something that was very very beneficial for them and I think that that's one of the you know one of the things that we've actually kind of as we look back uh, some things that some kind of the silver linings that we've seen is there has become a lot more options on the table right now as far as where we work and how we work and I think that um, it's changing the way ultimately that the way leaders are going to be leading as we go forward and I think there's just a lot of uh, topics you know within leadership that we're going to be able to uh, really be able to do a deep dive into as we move forward because today I think that when it comes to leadership what we're seeing is there is a been a real shift toward uh, leaders look becoming much more transparent authentic um, and really becoming um, much more open in the way that they approach things so we're actually seeing a lot more collaboration taking place within uh, from the CEOs business owners through their or through their managers and to the employees and it's allowing for a lot better tr uh, communications really to take place rather than having a top-down communication there's actually a two-way uh, street that's actually happening there where communication is mm -hmm. flowing. So I think it's really been very, very positive for, for company culture. So in a situation where, you know, you're a business leader, I'm a business leader, <laughs> you know, within, within my group, how, what, how do you see the role um, sort of shake out in terms of maintaining, you know, culture is, you know, is responsible for helping you know businesses to really achieve their, their mission their vision their values how do you see the roles sort of separating or uh shaking out between maybe business leaders and the staff you know you mentioned it being a little bit more of a two-way street there um where do you draw the line or maybe the line's just fuzzy now uh you know i, I think it is it's a very yeah. fluid fluid line at this yeah. point and i yeah. think that the reality is when you look at, at businesses over the pre-pandemic, I think there, there was a high amount of focus that was really placed on just on the profitability. That's really where we looked at, at what was the end result. And I think as we're moving forward, there's been a, there's being more of a shift toward a balance between profitability and the people. Um, and I think that when you take a step back as an organization, your, your people are your greatest asset as a company. And so how you go about creating that culture and right now there is a significant war for talent that's taking place and right. so the culture is one of those key things that that employees are looking at to determine is this some place that i want to work uh, and we've all heard about the great resignation that's you know that's mm -hmm. supposed to be taking place right now uh, and and i don't know i'm not seeing that in great numbers at this point at, at this time but I think that when it comes to the culture, I think that rather, again, rather than having a top-down approach, uh, we're, we're building in and looking at adding in some more flexibility to our, with our employees about not only where they're working, but you know, do you give them flexibility on the hours that they work, the days that they have to come to the office, you know, helping them really live a, maybe a more balanced uh, work-life approach, you know, taking that approach rather than everybody being on 24 7 like we have operated for so many years now i got a question for you there 
Chuck, you mentioned the great resignation, and it's funny because I, I looked on LinkedIn, I saw this big article, I hadn't heard that term before, and I read it and it seemed very interesting. So we've got this interesting dynamic because for people who have worked remote for so long that just like interacting with people, they've been itching to get back to work. But now you mentioned that there are some folks who found value in working from home. Maybe it's, it's more flexible for them for childcare or whatnot, they have a, a large family. How do you see this playing out? You're a business consultant, you work with a lot of companies. What needs to happen for there to be a fine balance between honoring those people who are great performers and can do well working remotely versus those jobs or positions where maybe leadership believes it's more effective having face-to-face -face interaction? That's a great question, Mike, and I think that, that the, at the end of the day, um, I think there, there's a lot we can get into on that for sure, but I think that, so what's going to have to happen here, there has to be a lot of collaboration that's going to take place between mm -hmm. employers, leaders, and the employees, and I think that's really trying to, as we bring look at bringing people back into the office, for example, just not bringing them back and plugging them in and doing things exactly the way we did things pre-pandemic bringing people back in and having conversations with them to understand how they were impacted by this past year mm -hmm. you know where those lines are that they have the what and really being able to identify one-on-one -on -one, you know what values they have and really um, what is that threshold that they have as far as safety and security within the workforce um, and and what is most important to them and i think those are some things we've got to take into consideration as we look at how we move forward and I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of trial and error as we go forward as well. So, just because you make a decision today as a leader to say that we're we're going to bring everybody back into the office and we're going to offer a department or two some flexibility to be able to work remote, that may work well, and we may expand on that as we move forward, or maybe it doesn't work, and we go back and we bring everybody back into the office. But at the end of the day, you got to have you got to start with at a point of trust. Uh, between the employer and the employee and, and respect, and then also just having good collaborative conversation and communication. That's awesome. Uh, Chuck, you mentioned trial and error there. I, it's small business. It's all a matter of trial and error, right? <laughs> That's kind of the fun of it. <laughs> That's our world, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, exactly. But, but I think that as it relates to, you know, as we look at uh, the leadership and, and we look at, you know, moving our companies forward, um, it's really interesting too to take a look at you know the dynamics that are taking place from the different generations that we have in our workforce. So the way that we communicate and the way that we um, look at the baby boomers, you know, all the way down to the Gen Z employees that are coming into the workforce today, you know, we've got to recognize that there there are different stages in life. There's different needs that each employee or each group has, and we've really I think we've got to start paying attention to kind of what our future is going to look like and the future is going to be our millennials and our gen z employees and so how are we going to how are we going to adapt our company and our culture to address and to really be able to not only address their needs but also provide you know ultimately reach that the vision and the mission of the organization how do we live that out to the best of our ability it's awesome no, i think um you know, it's it's interesting because you said a, a couple of key words there that I'm really, uh, I'm probably going to save this for the end when I have my closing thought. But you've got a lot of a lot of values, and I heard the word you talk about values and vision and, and part of that mission statement. And I think it's important because those pieces are so crucial to to 
listening. I always joke, my pastor says, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And so uh, you talk about listening. I tell you, so many people get in trouble when they use their mouth and keep talking instead of taking, listening and just pausing for a moment and see what people value, right? So I think that's great points you made there, Chuck. And I think that's one of the key roles of a leader to moving forward is, going, is also becoming and learning what empathy means and being empathetic, um, which not only includes the act of listening to your people, but also being able to recognize the, um, the emotions that come and the feelings that come along with that and being able to put yourself in their situations to really understand where they're coming from. And I think that's, I mean, when you look at everything that's happened in our country in the last year, that, that right there in itself could solve a lot of the problems that we're having. You mentioned um, a little bit earlier concept of trust, right, between uh, employer and employee. And I think that's maybe at the heart of where I see some of uh, culture and technology uh, overlapping in, in businesses. And, you know, as there's been this, this um, uh, you know, trial and error uh, a little bit, but also this discussion about how do we uh, accommodate or help employees transition from being in the workspace only and doing more remote work. There's a couple of con um, considerations there. One of those is around security. One of those is around productivity. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I know from a, again, from a technology perspective, there's been a number of tools that um, they've been around for a while, but they've really popped up or excuse me, popped up a lot more because of this remote shift. Um, tell me, you know, kind of if you think there's a role for, you know, these tools that uh, track productivity or, you know, around key loggers and, you know, things like that within a, a solid business culture. I have my own thoughts, but I'm curious, you know, kind of where, where you land on that. I think when it comes to the tracking of productivity and, and activity, you know, again, I think we have to go all the way back to the beginning here where we start uh, with the, the trust uh, component. And I think that's, you know, again, whenever I look back pre-pandemic, I think there was a lot of companies that operated from, it. they looked at their employees and felt like it was a privilege for them to be working at the company. Uh, and I think that when you look as, as we're moving forward, that, that's changing as well to where it is more of a, you know, what it, the, the employees now are looking at, you know, what's the real purpose? What kind of, how sustainable is this company? How are we giving back to the community? And really, you know, trying to figure out, again, not just focus strictly on profits, but looking at the people and also the common good that's being generated from that company. So as we look at where those employees work um, the, and the remote location, I think that, um, you know, again, I think offering that flexibility is gonna be positive for culture. It's gonna tie back in though to the security because the security standpoint, um, you know, we have to look at the tools that are going to be available for, you know, making sure that the data is being protected and that um, that we're be, that the employees are being trained just from a, um, a phishing standpoint to make sure that, um, you know, we're not jeopardizing um, our, our data and our, and our client information. So I think those are some things we've got to take into consideration. But to your other point on the productivity, I think as we measure and we, we, we actually do performance reviews rather than having that based on 
the attitude of the employee and, and how regular, you know, how well they performed as far as being in the office. I think we start measuring that off of the productivity of the employee and you know how effective are they in use of their time. And so I think you've got to have those other tools that are coming into to the market now where you can measure what's happening and have a repository so that you can effectively measure the, uh, your, your team and make sure that we're hitting our benchmarks because at the end of the day, we're all accountable for that productivity. Do you think, um, uh, you know, I look at this when, when everybody's in the same office, right? Uh, the management style of more of a micromanager type, it's, it's easy to do that, right? Uh, well, easier. Do you think that um, that style is going to fade out a little bit, or do you think the emphasis is going to be on trying to extend, you know, the capacity to be able to do that through technology, you know, as opposed to simply saying, hey, I need to let go a little bit? I think if you're looking at that in the near term, like in the next year, I think that we're going to see really an extension of the um, the micromanagement to you know to the remote employees <clears throat> but i think that um, as we move forward at the end of the day i think that as we uh, look at you know probably the next three to five years i think that that's going to change uh, because employees they may not have a voice in the, the overall model as far as do we have to come back to the office or can we work remote but they're going to have a voice at the end of the day on where they work and i think that you're going to see the younger generations especially, they're going to be much more sensitive to that. And micromanagement is not going to be something that's going to play well with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just culturally they're not used to it. Yeah. Speaking of, of culture there, so as, as we sort of round out this conversation, at the end of the day, culture is really going to play a big part in, in determining what we just spoke about. So from your perspective, Chuck, how can a business leader determine if they have a good good culture or it needs work i think you know when it comes to that mike i think that it's really important uh, and the only way that an employer or a business owner is going to know their what their culture is they're going to have to do surveys <clears throat> i think you got to take the rose-colored glasses off and really be able to be feel like you can be authentic and be real uh, and that means you're probably going to need to do surveys with your employees and also with your vendors and probably with your clients. And so you've got to be able to communicate to them, these are our, this is our mission, this is our vision, these are our values. That from the survey, tell us how well we're actually performing and living up to these. And then from there, you've got a, a baseline that you can start from and, and be able to identify, you know, what kind of changes need to be made. Uh, great points. And yeah. I'll tell you, you know, as, as, as I come and think about reflect on what we've talked about here today. Really, at the end of the day, it comes down to, there's really three types of leaders, right? Your, your first leader is the poor leader who has their mission, vision, values ingrained, really doesn't care what other people think, and they're just gonna bring back the workforce however they seem, and they'll be okay with the results. Good leaders will, will bring people back and begin to adjust their mission, vision, values based on how employees, staff are responding. But I think the, the, the piece here is the great leader. The great leader has been adapting ever since the pandemic started and has been shifting their mission, vision, and values to shape their workforce. And, and that way, as these things happen and things begin to shift, 
there is no, no concern. And I, I think about this. I see companies out there that are thriving right now, right? They don't have now hiring uh, help wanted signs in there because they've adapted. And a lot of the other folks are struggling just because of that point. So that's, that's my takeaways from the impact of culture <laughs> in, your, in your environment. So. Yeah, I mean, at the what? end of the day, do we want do we want to be a do we want to be a good company with a good culture, or do we want to be a world class company with a world class culture? That's yep. right, uh, Mark. Yeah, and, and just uh, you know, a couple thoughts on the security side of this. Um, you know, we're talking about from a culture perspective, um, and really more again for this this specifically the remote aspect because that's the the shift. That's how it's manifesting in terms of how it impacts the operations and the, the operational security of the business. And, you know, the, the, the key change is that how your staff and, and potentially even your, your customers, how they're interacting with each other and with your resources, that flow is changing. Uh, you know, if you're a retail business, it was face-to-face, -face, it's right there, you've got product, you've got cash register. Um, if it's, you know, you've made that shift to more of an online marketplace um, where you, you know, have all of those transactions take place in the internet versus, you know, in your local, uh, you know, store within your brick and mortar. Uh, or if you're more of professional services where your data is hosted either on premise or in the cloud, now you're needing to present that information to your clients completely outside of your usual uh, perimeters or your employees are already outside that perimeter. And the important piece is just to kind of understand when you make those changes, what gaps does that open up in terms of exposure for your, your resources? And to make sure that first you as a leadership team have good policies in place to cover that and then can execute on it from there. And it sort of, you know, it will ultimately filter down to some training and use uh, with your employees and, and staff so that they understand what those changes are and what adjustments they need to make in their own behaviors and kind of how they interact with that. So, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, as I, I think about sort of the takeaways from today, uh, at the end of the day, I think what every business leader's got to realize is that whether it's intentional or not, your, your culture is being defined and reinforced on a daily basis. Um, hopefully that's against the vision that you have in mind and the culture that you want to to have set, but um, it, it's happening. And so, you know, if, if business leaders within the organization are setting that direction and the expectations for the staff, you know, the vision's gonna be where you're going and the values are gonna be how you get there and uh, to make sure that alignment's there. And, um, you know, if you are a business that has a good culture or a world-class culture, you're gonna have the foundation for good security and world-class security because the people and the processes are what are driving most of, of your security, not necessarily your technology or your tools. So uh, I, I think that's you know how I see that overlap is because it intersects directly with people. That's what both of these have in common. All right, well, awesome conversation, Chuck. I want to thank you, Mark and I thank you for, for coming on here. I, I know this won't be the last time we speak because after we get some runtime in this new environment, I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about uh, at a future date. So again, thanks for taking time out of your day and, and meeting with us and sharing with us some of your wisdom from how you interact with folks in the marketplace. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been great to be here. Awesome. And again, to our least listeners, 
Thank you for listening to SMB Podcast again, co-hosted by Mike Almeida and Mark Gibson. And if we've been able to provide any value today or you just like hearing our voices, please share this with your network. Rate and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, your favorite app, Spotify, you name it, we're on there. So with that being said, thanks again for your time and we look forward to hearing and seeing you on another episode. Take care.